welcome to the Wilder Outdoors podcast, where you'll get the inspiration and information you need to have great outdoor adventures with your family. I'm Rob, your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. In today's episode, I'll talk with my good friends, Nate and Heather Wolf. In addition to being great parents, Nate and Heather have successfully cultivated a love and appreciation for the outdoors in their kids. But what's most interesting is that their stories don't look like what many of us might think. So stay tuned. It's a great episode with great stories that you'll be sure to want to hear. Now, before we start, please subscribe to this podcast. And if at the end you like it, give it a good review. Finally, in today's episode, you'll hear a little bit more about Wilder Outdoor Academy and how it got started. At Wilder, we teach outdoor and survival skills to families with a special emphasis on kids. What you may not know is that we have an online academy with almost 30 lessons teaching your kids outdoor and survival skills. Plus, you'll have access to me to ask questions and help you troubleshoot problems. It's a great resource. If you're interested, check out www.wilderoutdooracademy.com. Again, that's wilderoutdooracademy.com. So on today's episode, I have with me my friends, my very good friend, Nate and Heather Wolf. And Nate and Heather are not only fantastic parents, but they have created a lifestyle that is infused with the outdoors, both for them, but especially for their kids. And today they're going to tell us some of their experiences, uh, their backgrounds, and how they were able to cultivate such an interesting and rich life in the outdoors with their kids. So Nate and Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. How's it going? Great. Great. So um, I know a lot about you guys, but for our listeners, could you each uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves and your relationship personally with the outdoors? Yeah, you want to go first, Heather? <clears throat> um, sure. I um, grew up in a small town. Um, and I was able to spend lots of time, um, in my grandparents, uh, woods near their house. Um, when I was little, I was just remember spending lots of time <clears throat> just exploring and having fun with my brother and cousin. And, um, when I became a teenager, I remember um, going out to the woods and just having special times uh, with the Lord in the outdoors and just feeling like a connectedness to God when I was outside. <clears throat> and then fast forward that um, into my adult life. I didn't really do much um, else with the outdoors or think much about it. Um until I had kids and it was time to start homeschooling my children. And I looked into different curriculums and different things other homeschooling moms were doing and um, just loved the idea of doing a nature study with my kids. Um, and so that's really how the love of the outdoors as an adult uh, kind of grew. It's just through my experience with homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And tell me a little bit about nature study. Mm -hmm. So with what I learned as um, 
a first-time homeschooling mom was one way to do nature study is just to get a field guide um, either on trees or on flowers or in our case we chose birds um, and then just every time we um, would come across a new bird we would check it off on our field guide or write it down somewhere um, and actually Nate is kind of the one that really got the kids super excited about um, the nature study that we chose of birds and it was really cool just to see how the kids um, started memorizing all the different birds as we would see them and pretty soon they were like able to uh, recognize even more birds than I could keep track of. Yeah, I'm a birder. <laughs> Love birds. I didn't know that about you, Nate. That's cool. Well, <laughs> I, I think I just proclaimed that official title on myself right now. But yeah. <laughs> so here, here's a question for you. How old were your kids when you started doing that? And how old are they now? I think our oldest was probably seven. Mm -hmm. And he is now 16. And how, how old was your youngest when you started doing it? He was zero. <laughs> we were doing the nature walks with him in the the backpack, whatever yeah. they call it, the child carrier. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get back to that for sure because um, as Nate and Heather know, my life is now becoming more and more involved in nature study. And so full disclosure, I'm going to pick their brains on this podcast so I can learn a, bit, a little bit more for myself. Uh, but I think that's a good transition though. Uh, and to you, Nate, what's what's your story? What's your history with the outdoors? And if you could just tell us a little bit about your kids as well uh, while you do that. All right. I grew up in Canton, Ohio, born and raised in suburbia. I love the suburban life. And uh, but but similar to Heather, I spent a lot of time at my grandma and grandpa's house growing up. And, and for me, that was in Michigan. So I go every summer to Michigan. And my grandma was an avid collector of rocks and seashells and pieces of wood that looked like birds or snakes or something like that. She collected all this stuff. And so I think I get any love that I do have for the outdoors from Grandma Brady. And uh, one day I was at Grandma and Grandpa's house and we went for a walk out in the, the pine tree grove. And we saw a bird that neither one of us knew what kind of was so she said look at that bird and then when we get back to the house we're going to look it up so we did we, we, we got the bird uh, guide out and it was a cedar waxwing and so to this day that's my favorite bird because i have that memory with grandma and so when so like when, when the kids came along so we have five kids uh oldest is 16 now youngest is eight and uh it's four boys one girl and so when we started doing stuff with them, like nature walks and, and then trying to do stuff that it was even like more official, like homeschooling or whatever, uh, we just realized that these field guides are super helpful. Everybody needs to own a basic bird guide or tree identification guide. And so then you, like, and, and, and like, just like I remember as a kid doing that with my grandma, there's like some sort of like joy and satisfaction you get 
when you when you like notice some colors about the bird or some you know the the uh, the crest you know on the on the bird something about it and then you go and you look it up in the book you know and and I really recommend having like a paper book you know because there's apps and stuff and that's that's super fun but but to be able to look it up and and really like you know study it and and have that satisfaction of identifying a bird yeah even yesterday um our oldest son was somewhere with a group of kids and um there was a bird making a noise and they're like oh listen to that eagle and he's like no actually that's an osprey (laughs) and so it's just funny because even i like even though we've done all that studying i could never remember the sounds or half the time i have to ask my kids what kind of bird is that again but they remember so it's kind of fun. And birds are everywhere. Like we, we used to live in East Africa and you, you get a, you get a bird guide for that, that region of the world. And, and you got the same fun. Like it's the, it's the one animal or whatever animal. Yeah. It's an animal that, <laughs> that is everywhere on the, in the globe, anywhere you travel, you will see birds. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think, you know, what I love about what you just shared, Heather, and what I'm going to share about you, Nate, is, you know, if we, if we talk about your oldest son, I wouldn't really call him an outdoorsman. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. His passion right now is, is elsewhere, you know, largely in sports and in entrepreneurship and graphic design. Um, but the foundation you all laid is clearly, you know, sticking with him. And Nate, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know that your biggest passion is in the outdoors, but you somehow muster it for your kids. Can you tell me a little bit about that? For sure. I, I mean, I love being outdoors within like 10 feet of my house <laughs> because, <laughs> and, you know, and, and like growing up in, in the suburbs, but, uh, and then going off like where we lived in East Africa was, was more rural. And I, you know, it was, it was a great adventure, but, moving to minnesota and finding finding my home back in the suburbs i'm like oh yeah this is home you know this is where i belong because everything's nearby and but then you also have you know some awesome uh reserves of some parks or um things places to get out in in nature in the city and minnesota does a great job with that but um so that's my way of like doing stuff like I, i love being outdoors with the kids but you know, close to home. And then, um, if, if we're going to really stretch it, um, you know, go, go camping one night. <laughs> and, and even that was like last summer when we went together, Rob, with our kids and it was like, it was, it was one night and it was what, 20 minutes from the house. Right. So I'm like, yeah, this is, this is great. And the kids loved it. Um, but I did, I did go to the boundary waters one time and so thankful for my awesome friend, Jay Lovin, who planned it all, and he did all the the you know uh, like renting of the, the outfitter stuff, and he took care of everything. So all I did was show up and have fun. So I'm like, okay, Boundary Waters got off the bucket list. I don't ever want to go back. Right, okay, I might go back, but don't need to go back. Right. So I'll I'll ask you more about that specific trip in a in a bit, but I think what you know, what, what I love is again, you're stretching yourself to get out and help your kids have adventures that are meaningful for them. And so, you know, what I hear is sort of this, 
this two way approach that you all have had and, and I see it in your lives. And I think it's really inspiring is that especially from the homeschool side, you know, you're trying to lay a foundation, uh, for a love for adventure, for a love for nature and for the wilderness. And while I think all of your kids have taken something away from that, while you may not want to go out, you know, away from your home, Nate, I know a few of your kids would, and you are still providing great experiences for them. So tell us a little bit about when you knew that some of your kids wanted to go a little deeper into their outdoor experiences than maybe you had anticipated or were initially comfortable with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think probably 2020 when Mm -hmm. um, everyone was kind of just stuck at home or going on nature walks Mm -hmm. (laughs) and finding uh, what nature had to offer us. Our kids, um, we uh, were living in Minnesota fairly new, um, as a family back to Minnesota and our kids um, began getting the bug to go fishing and neither Nate or I have any experience with fishing. And so um, we had a neighbor kids at that time who um, knew how to fish. And so we um, invited our neighbor kids to come um, to come with us and our neighbor kids actually taught our kids how to go fishing. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if you want to explain. Yeah, that, that was but... awesome. Cause they, 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 they dove right in with the fishing and I, I was able to just kind of bring my camping chair along and watch from a distance and be like, Hey, good job. You're doing great. Then, then when, every time they would catch a fish, I'd run up with my camera, get the, get the picture. And then I, I really didn't have to do much or anything at all. But then with the, even with the younger kids though, um, you know, they want help with this or that. I'm like, no, 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 you got it. (laughs) And they, they did, they they figured out or, you know, an older, one of the older siblings or a neighbor kid will, will help out or there's always other people fishing. So, and people love to help people when they're fishing. So I, I kind of like just keep my distance and uh, (laughs) I'm having a great time because I'm sitting there relaxing by the lake. My kids are having a good time. Uh, but, but yeah, like, so I, I try to listen, like if they want to do something like that, I try to try to listen. Okay. Wh- what do you want to do? I want to go fishing. I'm like, well, I, I don't really have any interest in that, but if you, if you get everything ready to go, if you load up the car, you know, and you, you get your water bottle, get everything you need snacks, then, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not even saying yes at that point. I'm like, we'll see. Of course, so they they're super motivated. They're like, "Oh, Dad, we might go fishing if if we do all this stuff." They do everything, and then of course, I'm going to say yes when they get it all loaded up. And then I I didn't have to do anything to get ready to go. <laughs> that's that's going to be a little different for some sort of like road trip or camping trip or something like that. But but I I try to kind of like play on the things that like something they really want to do, and then make them do the work to do it. And and and, and then I'm right along. I'm I'm. I'm their biggest kind of cheerleader. I'm, I'm encouraging them, but I really, I, I, I try to get them to do the work. Yeah. I think as homeschoolers too, we just have that freedom to tell them like, go research all you can about that thing that you would like to do so that 
you have enough knowledge to be able to to go out there and do it. Mm -hmm. So can you give us an example of how one of your kids did that? Our, our second born got kind of got uh, the mountain biking bug about it probably about a year ago started and this is the same one who was like super into fishing right so he was like we're you know and he would do that he would he would research fishing and he started knowing all these different fish species and what to how to catch them think a lot a lot of it thanks to you rob you you coached him along in the fishing area a lot but then like it just seemed like overnight almost he switched over to mountain biking and and we're like, wait, what, what about fishing? You know, he's like, I'm not going to stop fishing. I just, and so then he started doing a bunch of research with mountain biking and YouTube videos. And over the winter, he became a bicycle mechanic. I was shocked. He's, he switched, a, switched a, a, a single gear bike into a multi-gear bike. And I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that. So he, so impressed with him. Um, yeah. So he's, he's, a, now he's a, you know, fisherman and a mountain biker. That's awesome. That's awesome. So thinking about the, the outdoors, which actually, if we think about that, right, those are two ways that that sun gets out into the outdoors, which is fantastic. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked about some of the introductory stuff, but how have you helped cultivate, um, sort of a deeper love when some of those kids want to go a lot deeper. I mean, you mentioned them connecting with me through fishing, but um, I know that your kids have done a lot of interesting things in the outdoors. How have you helped them get beyond that initial step and really go deep? I want to brag on Heather here for a second, because she does these nature walks where that she gives them complete freedom to go off the trail and flip logs over or climb trees that, that you know you, you kind of look at it like you you guys are way too high but heather just is like you understand the risk of what you're doing right then go ahead <laughs> and and she really encourages them to explore on those nature walks so you don't get very far <laughs> which hey that kind of works out for me too because i don't want to go very far <laughs> but um i think when 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 the when the kids feel freedom to just look into whatever they're curious about when they're outdoors and there's no worries about getting dirty. There's no worries about getting too far into the mud where you get stuck. I remember that one walk where which one of our kids like got into the mud, totally lost his shoes way down in the, and the, you know, and then I got sent in there to rescue him and, I, I think I lost one shoe and, and it was cold and, and, but we got, we got back. That wasn't very far off the path, but they, they, they feel the freedom to just explore whatever they're curious about. And that, I think that helps them go deeper. Well, that reminds me of the first uh, time we actually had you guys over to our house. And I'm really grateful for that because it's rubbed off on our kids and you've rubbed off on us in some ways. But, you know, for listeners, they, they might not know this, but my wife and I live in the woods with our three kids. And we said, hey, we know you all love the outdoors. Let's go on a walk on one of our little trails out to the lake. And we're at that point very insecure about our parenting and really wanting to make good impressions and things like that and set solid boundaries around our kids. And we're on a walk 
and all our kids go running forward. And at one point we come across them and almost all of them have their shirts off and are chest deep in a marsh. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was awesome. Catching frogs and I don't know what they were doing. Now, Nate, you had shared a little bit about the Boundary Waters trip. Tell us a little bit more about that. All right. So if anybody doesn't know about the Boundary Waters, I did not know about the Boundary Waters before moving to Minnesota, but it's a, it's an area that's kind of a, a reserve where you're, you're not allowed to take any boats with motors. So it's all canoe area, um, except for maybe like rescue people, maybe, I guess, or the Forest Service. Maybe they're allowed to have a motor. But so as a result, it's just kind of pristine wilderness. And, um, and if, if you don't have any experience with, with canoeing, like if you're not in shape to paddle, you get in shape really fast because that's the only way you're getting to your destination. <laughs> and if it's windy and you're going against the wind, well, too bad. You just got to keep going. And um, thankfully, though, on our trip, we had awesome weather. It was it was just a beautiful time. And, and that was in August. So that's a great time to go because it's just the warmest time of the year so in northern minnesota you you still have you know i still we still took a you know a kind of a medium like coat for the for for um nighttime and in the morning and stuff like that you're still wearing a coat but um in that year too there was no rain so there was a ban on campfires so that was a bummer but the, the trade-off was there was no bugs and i'd always heard the kind of the worst part of boundary waters is mosquitoes and you know people wear the uh, head nets because the bugs are so bad but i'm like what are you guys talking about there's no bugs <laughs> it was just just that one year maybe even this year too it's not been much rain but but yeah it was it was just a really really enjoyable enjoyable time so on that trip what were some of the more memorable moments well, that's where I first learned what portaging is. Okay, I'd heard of that before, but that's when you mm-hmm. get out of your canoe and you carry it to the next lake over. And I think anytime I'd ever heard of that before, I'm like, why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> you know, like, why even put yourself in a situation where you have to carry a canoe? But, um, but that was fun actually, because uh, like my oldest, he wanted to show off how strong he was, and he. He's carrying the canoe all by himself. You know, it was a three-person canoe. It's pretty long, so he had he had fun with that. And then when we were going in, we were getting to this portage spot. There was another family there, and they had like really little kids, like probably like three, like three-year-old and a five-year-old. And there was a mom and dad with their two kids, and those those two kids. I'm like, this was not their first radio rodeo. They've done this before because the kid the mom and dad had this little backpacks for each of the kids and they that was their thing that they were going to carry across the portage and and those kids like th- those kids were more confident than i was because it was my first time and and it actually it it kind of inspired me because here i'm going to the boundary waters i'm a little intimidated and this little five-year-old is doing his thing and i'm like hold up if he can do it i can do it you know so that kind of gave me confidence to have a good time yeah, I think some of the highlights I heard coming from the kids were um, when Nate and Jay let the boys just kind of go off on their own and wander around and explore and just there was nobody else around and it just kind of felt like they were exploring new territory. 
And then the other one was when you guys um, jumped off the cliff into the water. Oh, yeah, I did some cliff jumping. Pretty special. Yeah, that was crazy. It was probably 20, 25 foot jump. And uh, Jay had heard about this. And it was um, it was like we made a day trip out of it. Um, we had to do a portage. But because we were, we were coming back, we didn't have to take the canoes with us. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. So Nate, as someone for whom that was really new to, and if anybody's ever been to the Boundary Waters, they know that it's just a different kind of camping. It's a different outdoor experience. What was, what, what was the hardest thing for you? I think uh, there's a lot of intimidation going into it because you kind of you hear story like you, you don't have to live in Minnesota very long, and people are talking about trips to the Boundary Waters and. You know, you hear stories of there can be severe weather while you're there. And like, what do you do? You know, and um, no cell service. And, and well, like, what's the plan for emergencies? But um, so there's that intimidation factor. Um, the paddling, like on the way out, it was pretty windy. And, and that was that was challenging. But I had some strong paddlers in my canoe. My, you know, my sons were, were big. And, and, and that, that was a challenge we had to overcome. And I'm so thankful for that. But I think that, I think that like the, the intimidation thing too, was just like all the planning that goes into it. And that's why I'm so thankful to Jay. Um, because he kind of just showed me like, okay, this is how it's possible. And you, you know, you, everything that you take in there, you you have to plan out for the whole time you're there. And then you got to take everything back out. You know, your canoes are a little bit lighter on the way back out because the, love its food but um I, yeah i wouldn't have done it i wouldn't have been able to do it without a buddy without somebody kind of showing me the ropes mm-hmm. yeah i'll say that's something that comes across in almost every story i hear of people learning something in the outdoors or doing something new is they they need to find someone who's done it before and is willing to take them along so that's that's fantastic that you had um, Jay to help you on that. Now, another thing I, I don't think our listeners know is that Wilder Outdoor Academy exists because of your family, uh, which I think is, is really cool and really special for me. And Heather, I, I don't know if you remember, but would you mind telling a little bit about the story of how we sort of hatched this crazy idea? Yeah, I think, um, just, um, as we were getting to know you and you were able to kind of invest in uh, my um, second and third born in particular, who tend to be the more um, into the outdoors boys of mine. Sorry. <laughs> um, they, I think you, you took them out fishing and we went uh, foraging, I think a couple of times with you and um we were just recognizing the wealth of information that you had and just your willingness, even just to learn alongside of us and do adventurous things. Um, and, um, knowing your experiences in the past and your passion for kids. Um, I think we were just talking about homeschool co-ops and, um, where's the, the niche or niche for, boys um who are tweens or coming into middle school years who are um not necessarily just wanting to 
to do the um, the typical homeschool things, but wanting to find more adventure and um, <clears throat> um, trying to become a man and um, learning some skills for being in the outdoors. So I think that's kind of, so I think we kind of were talking and I was like, Rob, why don't you just teach, uh, <laughs> teach a class? <laughs> and uh, yeah. I was really thankful that, um, that over the last year you were able to not just invest in my own kids, but several other families. Um, and uh, I know my kids, they know how to build fires and they know some knots um, really well. And there were some, um, it was just really cool to <clears throat> have a weekly class where we were able to, to learn skills and it was getting us outdoors. Even in the really cold days, we had purpose to be out there to keep us going. Yeah. Thanks to you, Rob. My, I, I, I kind of hand off any jobs to my kids or anything involving knots for sure. I let them do it. Uh, cause I've never been to boy scouts. I don't know how to do knots. And so, you know, like, one time I even called something a certain knot, you know, like I just said it really confidently. Like I knew it and, and Titus just totally corrected me, but he, he was humble about it. He's like, that's not what that is. That I'm like, okay, well, well good job for knowing the knots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one, one funny thing is when we first started our classes with you, it was at the beginning of the school year last year. And my oldest goes, um, off to school. He's a part of a high school. Um, and so my other four children were attending your class and my youngest um, said to my oldest, we are going to be so much smarter than you by the end of this year, all because of Rob's school. <laughs> you, you guys are very kind. I didn't, I didn't expect you to say so many things about me, which is a very kind. I'll say thank you. But um, what I'm actually really interested in, and this is something that you know that I'm passionate about, is the way that learning skills breeds confidence in people's lives. And so I was wondering uh, if you could speak a little bit to how you've seen learning those outdoor skills affecting your kids or your family, you know, in, in meaningful ways. Yeah, Titus is so confident and uh, you, you, you showed him a ton of fishing tips and tricks and I saw that confidence come out after he learned a few of those things. And he took, you know, we were at father son camp and he said, dad, let's, let's get out in the canoe and, and go fishing. I'm like, all right, let's go. So he's like, Hey dad, I just need you to get the canoe about 10 feet away from those lily pads over there. And uh, he cast you know, the whopper plopper over there. And I don't know, maybe like two or three casts. And I, I witnessed the biggest largemouth bass i've ever seen just just attack that whopper plopper and i i just saw it come out of the water i'm like that was awesome and he's like reeling it in you know and i'm like paddling backwards just to make sure this bass doesn't pull us to the shore and and he he reeled that thing in i was like oh my goodness and i didn't have my phone on me couldn't take a picture of it so uh i was like well try to keep it on the line we I paddled to shore, got the, got the picture to, to, you know, and, and like that, that type of thing, like made him like even 
that much more confident about like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And so, and I think, I think that did carry over to the mountain biking thing. Cause he's, he, he took that, that confidence with him. Yeah. Right. I think they even, um, Titus and Nehemiah are going through a course right now for their hunting trainers, uh, safety. And so, I think even the skills that they've learned over the last <clears throat> couple of years, they it's giving them confidence that like, hey, I could even like take this to the next level, and um, we could we could go hunting and we could provide food for the family, and um, yeah, yeah, I think that's really exciting to see them kind of like just they just keep kind of like taking little little bite sized pieces and they're gaining a lot of um just a lot of knowledge and confidence about how to how to be providers and how to um how to navigate the outdoors Mm -hmm. yeah and i'll i'll say you know one of the most powerful things for me in working with your family and just to be clear i i work with all of their kids i mean we we're friends so we hang out but for the purposes of our class we've got you know, boys and girls in the class. Um, but I often teach classes to kids that aren't part of our regular sessions. And I use uh, the Wolf's boys as my helpers. And it's amazing to see them share this knowledge down to a younger generation for them because they're, they're a little bit older. Uh, but I think what's really rewarding for me to see is, you know, a lot of us try to share our passion for the outdoors really late in life, um, or maybe not really late, but when we start having kids typically is when I see it and, and we're struggling, you know, some of us struggle a little bit with that, or maybe just knowing how to do it. But what I love is that your kids with just, you know, a little bit of, of training, like it's, it's really not crazy. Anything that we do, um, are able to, you know, lead a class over the course of four hours and teach younger kids how to make a survival shelter, build and sustain a fire and then cook with it. It's, it's really, really cool to watch. And, and I say that because, you know, there's, there's a little bit that I've contributed to that, but also you guys have raised really fantastic kids. So, you know, kudos to you guys. Thank you. And even as you were talking, I was just thinking about how the kids want to be leaders. You know, they want to show others what they can do. And so I think, I think just that a little bit of encouragement and then kind of just let them let go, like let kind of let them, let them, let them make their own mistakes, let them figure out. And then they're going to be a whole lot more confident about showing somebody, somebody else what they can do if they've learned it through their own mistakes. And I don't know, that, that's, that's probably one of the things I, I, I think, I hope we try to do that with them where, you know, I, I might see somebody going down, uh, uh, going towards some, I don't know, poison ivy or whatever, or, or not fixing the, the bike the way I think it should be fixed. But I'm like, I'm just going to let you do it because you're going to learn. And then, and then you're going to go forward with, with confidence with that. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got two more quick questions for you, but this one I think is maybe a little bit more for you, Heather, Nate, you can hop in if you like, but if you're 
speaking to parents, right? There, there are a lot of parents out there who, especially with younger kids, want them to start to love the outdoors, but don't always know where to start or maybe how to take them to a deeper level than just, uh, you know, a, a quick walk in the park. And, and maybe that's enough, but Heather, what would you say to a parent who's trying to cultivate that love for the outdoors early on? Yeah, I think just, um, uh, even from a early age, um, taking them outside and letting them kind of be the leader. Um, even if it's just around your yard or down the street, just kind of allowing them to kind of, um, safely let them kind of lead. And I think, um, you know, it's controversial, but like letting them not wear shoes and getting in the dirt and playing with the grass and collecting rocks. And it's controversial because you have to clean it up afterwards. (laughs) And, you know, like some people might be like, it's not safe to not wear your shoes. But I'm really like, I'm always telling my kids like, take your shoes off get in the- <laughs> well, that's I'm- funny because three of the kids just left for camp yesterday and you know uh benjamin our youngest he took a pair of crocs but we were like you probably need some tennis shoes but we couldn't find one of the shoes and i'm like you know what he's probably not even gonna wear shoes the whole time he's there anyway just let him go <laughs> so i think even with our oldest we lived in um we lived in tanzania when he was little and we had this yard that had some beautiful trees and flowers, and he would just explore that yard all day long. And there were dangerous things too, so I just kind of followed him all around the yard, and he just played in the dirt and um, did all kinds of things just all day long, just being outside and enjoying um, enjoying the, the nature around him. Um, I think just for moms in particular, not letting your fear be projected onto them, um, just the fear of what danger could be there, or even like fear of, I let my kid not wear shoes. What are all the other moms thinking about me? Or just kind of letting them be free. And, um, a lot of times when our firstborn was little, Nate would just have to look at me and be like, stop (laughs) like he's gonna be fine you don't need to like overreact if he's um if he has fallen down or um if he's getting into something he shouldn't so I think having like uh having Nate has actually helped me to hold back um saying some of my fears for my kids as they've been exploring um I do remember one time um, we were living in a community and <clears throat> my third born loves to climb trees and he has loved to climb trees since he was very little, like since he could probably even walk. And so I remember one time <clears throat> there's this huge, it was a pine tree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, outside my neighbor's, um, house and I was inside of, um, inside my house cooking dinner or something and I got a phone call from a neighbor who lived on the second story um, of the apartments we were living in 
and that neighbor who was living <laughs> in that second story called me and said, Heather, um, your son is staring at me in the window from my <laughs> second story apartment. Do you think you should go get him down? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, really? Like, I didn't realize he could climb that high, but it was a tree that he just had learned how to just be in there and... Yeah, he was probably five. Okay, I couldn't remember how old he was. <laughs> yeah, but... he was. I think he was five years old, and you you were very good at checking on him frequently. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that part too. Yeah, so I would check and just like pray, Lord, like please don't let him fall off of that tree. <clears throat> but I think that me not overreacting gave them him the confidence, that, like and the agility that comes with learning to do that. Um, once your body knows how to do those kind of things, they just get really good at knowing what they can and cannot do. I, I would add to just the importance of teaching obedience from a very, very young age, because if you're, you know, to encourage them to be outdoors and, and like Heather was saying, let them be the leader, then they also need to, to really know, like if, if mom and dad says stop, and they there's there's no like questioning that they they really have to understand it. So I I would say that's one of the things that can help parents, especially parents of young younger children, is just really instill that sense of obedience. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think you know Heather, one of the things that we Michelle and I talk about often is that all of your kids are leaders. And, you know, kudos to you for using the outdoors as, as a way of teaching that. But it's, it's certainly something that if you ever get a chance to meet the Wolves listeners, you will notice immediately is that their kids are confident leaders in their communities, in any setting they're in. It's really amazing to see. So my last question is for you, Nate. Now, a lot of the folks that I talk to are parents, especially dads, who already have a love for the outdoors and are trying to figure out how to share that with their kids. You're a little bit of the opposite in that your kids brought to you a love of the outdoors and you stepped up and, and met them where they were at and have cultivated some really wonderful uh, just ways of seeing the world and also created some great experiences for your kids. If there is a dad or a mom out there who has a kid who loves the outdoors, but they just do not love the outdoors, or maybe they don't know where to start. What are some things you'd say to them? All right. Thanks. Thanks. That's a good question. I'd say start with, try to envision something. So if you don't love the outdoors or you're not super excited about it, your kids, like I want to go fishing or, or do something, you know, that, that doesn't sound fun to you. I would say like, try to just picture something about that activity that you could get into, you could enjoy, picture yourself doing it and then ensure that you will have a good time <laughs> and, and, and protect that. Like, you know, and, and just, yeah, we're, we're going to go fishing, but you know, I, I'm going to bring a, a cooler with, with a beer and, and I'm going to sit here and watch you, you know, and I'm going to enjoy this. And, and it, it, if you start asking me to do a bunch of other stuff that I don't really want to do, I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. You know? And so try, trying to like find that, that compromise and, and, and 
between them having a good time, you having a good time, um, envision it, you know, and then, you know, provide whatever you need for yourself to make it a good time. And then you're, you're guaranteed, guaranteed to have a good time out there. Well, that's awesome. So thank you both for joining me today. Um, I know this is going to help a lot of people and I know that you've already helped me a ton as I grow as a parent and I try to figure out how to cultivate a love of the outdoors in my kids. So thank you both so much. Thank you, Rob. Keep up the good work with the outdoor Academy and, and inspiring parents like us to, to do even more. Mm-hmm.